0: Welcome to a woman's brew, where women talk about beer. In today's episode, we speak to Johnny from Holy Goat, the GOAT of mixed firm and barrel-aged beers in the UK. I'm Joanne and this is Tori. Hello, hello. And we're two beer-loving women on a mission to get more people drinking and talking about great beer. Come join us!
1: hello welcome johnny for anyone that is not watching this video that can't see your t-shirt uh and maybe can't gauge from the excitement i'm very excited in particular about this episode i feel like i talk about uh your beers a lot uh we talk about it on the podcast we've had beers on the podcast before from from holy goat oh spoiler alert um (laughs) do you want to give a quick introduction to who you are what your role is and where you're from for anyone that doesn't know you
2: Sure. Yeah, uh, I'm Johnny. Uh, Johnny Horn. I am co-founder, director, and head brewer for Holy Goat Brewing, and I'm. We're based in Dundee, um, an hour north of Edinburgh. I'm, as you could probably tell from the sound of me, not from Dundee. Um, I'm originally from like down Londonish way, but uh, I've been living in Scotland for the last twelve years odd. So, um, and. Yeah, uh, started the brewery uh, end of 2020, peak COVID joy and have since then just been figuring it all out and dealing with all the crap that comes our way. Is there swearing in
1: this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you can swear as well. Yeah, we 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 sort of. Uh, I think we tried to like keep swearing to a minimum, but I really struggled with that, it. and so we just we abolished that within like the first few episodes that we did. We're on episode like what hundred, nearly two hundred. So you are you're good company. It's fine. Okay. <laughs> um. So in terms of how many people, just like for anyone that doesn't know, I think that sometimes breweries, especially when you know you're like people are really really excited for your beers and you're being talked about and everything like people can misunderstand just how big a brewery is your team am i correct in saying you are literally a team of three at the brewery yeah
2: yeah that's right so there's me and james uh who is my business partner and then we've got one employee uh gary who is uh sort of the everything man he does (laughs) uh but yeah there's there's just three of us and then we have um occasional work from artists and photographers um who do bits and bobs for us but yeah day to day it's just the three of us
1: uh, literally like just the kind of stuff that you guys come up of being like yeah there's just three of us Is just like I feel like people need to take a moment to just take that in as well <laughs> like some of the stuff you come up with to be like yep yeah, just three um very very impressive and uh yeah so today do you want to talk us through do you want to give a brief Uh, on the three beers that we've got today and then we'll crack one open we can talk about it first and foremost before we get into all the questions that I feel like we've got for you.
2: Yeah sure so the first beer for today is um, Bergamot Crusher so this is a a straight golden sour base and then uh, we've gotten in a load of fresh bergamots from Italy Um, and we got these directly from the producer and all the Bermonts came fresh, we zested them, juiced them, and then everything went into the beer, including the pulp, just, just the whole lot, so it's come out super pungent, and uh, awesome. I couldn't be happy with how that beer has come out, uh, so super excited for you guys to try that. Um, and then after that, we have Starhammer, which is uh, another Golden Sour, similar base, but more of a tropical base, and that one's with star fruit. Which is a pretty uh, uncommon tropical fruit, but has like lots of nice citrus and pear and sort of like uh, tropical, like passion fruit, pineapple character characteristics from it. So that one's really interesting. Um, that was an interesting one to get hold of that fruit and and like <laughs> in a in a cost-effective way use the, use that fruit. Uh, but I think it goes well with the bit the base beer, and then the final beer that we'll talk about today is the uh 1867 double export stout which is uh so as the name suggests based on a historical recipe um from 1867 for yeah a strong a very strong stout that was a lot of roasted malt goes into so you you don't get the sort of like pastry sweet sort of soft stouts that you often see nowadays this is an old school stout. This is uh, a bit more punchy in terms of flavours.
0: So yeah.
1: So for anyone that has listened to us before, which I'm guessing this is probably not the first time you've listened to us, when we had we did a historic beer episode uh, for historic recipes, and uh, I believe this is at least the second one I've seen of what you've done. The first, you did like an original export stout as well, didn't you? Um, yeah. Because we had that on. We we basically. Were like, yes, this is exciting. We can use this for this historic recipes. Um, and it was just like so good. So, I'm really, really looking forward to the double export because I'm like, oh, if it's half as good as the first one, really excited yeah, for it. Good. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> yeah, it's been a long day. Let's crack open the first one, one open. Yeah. while
0: we're cracking this, uh, this one open. Um, you said the, the the base for the Starhammer is a slightly more tropical base. Like how do you differentiate between the two the two bases? What's what's different in the recipe?
2: So it's primarily the yeast uh, that we use. So okay. we've got basically a, about fifteen or sixteen different tanks and each one has different blend of a different blend of yeast or bretonomyces they're all primarily i'm talking about bretonomyces here because we specialize in 100 percent bretonomyces fermentation um so uh some bretonomyces strains are very fruit forward in terms of citrus and some are more tropical forward uh some have a sort of like a a berry fruit characteristic as well Uh, and uh, so these are the sorts of different strains of I've got at hand at the moment, and it's just sort of like playing around with them, seeing what works best as a base for which beer. Um, and then so for, for the citrus beers, we're typically looking at the citrus, although the tropical fruit ones go perfectly well as well. Uh, and then um, obviously the tropical ones really uh, accent ex, accentuate, sorry, words, uh, the uh, <laughs> tropical fruit flavors. So we'll see that with... Yeah with a star hammer and then uh for like the flanders reds the berry fruit flavored ones often work really nicely but yeah pretty much anything works quite well for the flanders reds I find. anyway cheers cheers,
1: cheers. This the smell oh my god <laughs> it's
0: amazing it's so oh,
2: it's definitely the oh. uh one of the punchiest aromas from a, yeah. <laughs> a beer we've done
1: it was, like, the second I cracked the top of that bottle as well, it yeah. was just, like, you didn't even need to be, like, close mm-hmm. to it. And now it's just, like, pure, or like, that yeah. tartness as well, that really, like, sticks on your lips in, like, the best way. Oh, that's mm. beautiful. It literally just tastes like tart, like, really tart orange. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which is in. you get much of the,
2: the bitterness coming through? Because there is it's- a there's a, there's a subtle bitterness well in yeah. the actual juice when we were, when I was tasting the juice it's got a really strong bitterness it's like it's like bitter grapefruit yeah. but then it's blended because of the amount of the amount of oranges we got um was i think it was like 50 kilos for a 2000 liter batch so the actual juice we got from those was only probably about 20 or 30 liters yeah. um So you don't get as much of that come through, although I I still find there's like it's got that that herbal sort of like bitter character in there.
0: Yeah, definitely. Like, I think that all balances really well. Like, but that's the thing. A
2: a little bit of bitterness like balances quite nicely against everything, so you don't really like get hit with it too much.
1: Because I was going to say, yeah, for me it was like it. It's quite subtle but because of the way it's balanced with that tartness as well i feel like that tartness is really just sort of like the main sort of front mm-hmm. runner in that and it is just like super refreshing i feel like if i was sat outside in the sun this is like such a good sitting in the sun beer for me like yeah. this is oh just really really lovely and refreshing. Crusher is the pack. name right <laughs> yeah like...
2: Yes, we've got these,
1: um,
2: we do these citrus crusher uh, named beers a couple of times a year and they've all usually got this label, uh, like this character on the label, Mm -hmm. uh, Artwork by Jim Bob Isaac um, and uh, and that's primarily because there's two citrus, well there's there's two main citrus seasons um, so we like to do one in winter uh, when there's really not much of anything else growing, so it's nice to have a fresh fruit in winter. And then, obviously, in summer, you you just want to be drinking a beer like this, so it's it's perfect to use the summer um, harvest as well. But the the winter harvest usually gives you a little bit other citrus varieties as well. So it's nice to sort of like see what's going on there. And and bergamot just popped up because I was I was looking at this. Um, we buy some uh, a lot of the citrus fruit and some of the other fruits we get through this uh, website called Crowd Farming, and it basically links you up directly with farmers um, all over Europe. And I just saw oh bergamots oh amazing I've not used them before but I've I've sort of I know the flavour and it's really intense and quite perfumed and it's in Earl Grey yeah. so i like, I was very interested so I got what I thought would be enough and. Thankfully, it was. Um, it's about three times more expensive than like or- regular oranges, but um, definitely you get your bang for buck with these. Yeah. Fruit. yeah.
1: Worth it. I was yeah. just going to ask you about that. You mentioned about sort of like how you get it. And I was going to say, like, how that was going to be my question of how do you procure all these fruits and, and like, is it. Is it just a case of you kind of go, that's how much they like. So the Bergamot, was it a case of like you could kind of say, I think I need this much or they're like, this is kind of how much we have to sell at the moment. And you were like, yeah, "Yeah, okay, I'll make that work sort of thing.
2: Um, I think it's part of it is like this is the sort of budget I've got and this is how much I think I'll need. And hopefully the two marry up and sometimes you end up spending way over because you're just like, I need more Um, or some fruits like crazy expensive. um, Like the star fruit one we will come to Um, and sometimes it works out perfectly. So yeah, it just sort of depends, but generally it's, you can, you can sort of like push the finances a little bit to get what you want. Um, I mean, we're making premium beer. So like, you know, you might as well.
0: Yeah. That's definitely something we've spoken about before on on the podcast. Like, people think, like, there there's a certain type of person who thinks that beer should be cheap. But if mm-hmm. you're going for a premium product and you're, put, like, putting a lot of fruit in something to get these kind of flavours, that can be expensive. So we're yeah. all for beer, premium beer being what it needs to be, what it needs to cost. Because if you yeah. want to drink something like this, you've got, to, you've got to pay for it, right? People do it for wine, so why wouldn't you do it with beer?
1: But even then I find it really like impressive cuz I don't feel like your I don't feel like your price points are like ridiculously yeah. high. I feel like they are still like a, for, for the flavors that you're getting and the interesting combinations that you're getting and like the the way you can do mixed bags and then I think you guys do like free shipping I think it is for what 49 pounds. I actually feel like it's it's a premium product but it's not actually like burning yeah. through your pocket if that if that makes sense like it still feels yeah. very you know for a luxury item it still feels like quite affordable <laughs> um, Especially I'm, I'm for glad getting. I'm glad
2: it comes across like that because we do try and stay competitive and I think it's important to not charge too much for your beer because it just makes yeah. it inaccessible like we want people to drink these beers but we also don't want to go bankrupt, so it's like finding a like balance there. <laughs> Delicate
1: balance, <laughs>
0: and, uh... especially
1: when you're using when you're using stuff like but like <laughs> the stuff that you don't get all the time. That's got to be like really hard to yeah. be like, okay, let's see, like how do we how do we make this work? But yeah, I've I've never felt like it's been um, like excessive by any means um when when it comes to like the the recipes obviously you mentioned like you hadn't used bergamot before you kind of saw it going did you know that's what you wanted to use for your crusher or was it kind of a bit like like how do you go about creating your recipes do you kind of go in thinking this is what I want to make let's see what I can find to make this with or do you kind of go in with a little bit more of a formed idea or Mm. how how does it work
2: so for the golden sour beers like this uh, generally we have a base stock so we'll we'll have you know like 15 20 tanks of different age stock and it will all be at different ages so some of it will be you know a couple of weeks some of it will be a, a few months some some longer and then basically when it comes time to working out, okay, what's the next release? What what fruit are we putting or are we going to release a beer without any fruit or what's happening with it? We'll, we'll look at the, what beer we have available and basically decide, okay, well this, we, we sort of want to do a, a citrus beer this time of year. Uh, we've got stock from five different tanks that is matured enough to be used, which tastes best for it. And then we'll pick, because the tanks are mostly 1,000 liters, we'll pick two of the tanks and blend them together with the fruit and it all comes together in tank and then um, we will spund it at that point. So uh, it's just that spunding is like an old German technique of carbonating the beer um, with natural sugars from the fermentation, but instead of for the fermentation, because the beer is pretty much fermented out by then, we're using the fruit sugars, but that has a nice effect of keeping in all the fruit aromas uh, that would otherwise get blown off through the fermentation. Um, so, yeah, a nice way of uh utilizing fruit in a couple of ways uh saves us using up uh co 2 or adding extra sugar to to condition it um and uh yeah, it locks in that flavor and aroma
1: oh, that's cool. This feels like a really nerdy question that like people probably aren't thinking about It's not like super nerdy in the beer side of things, but just like in the in the Ooh. what goes into like making the beer so like when you are going okay we're gonna make this obviously the fruit can only stay for so long how far in advance do you actually have to think about the beers that you're gonna make to be able Uh, to get what you need in time
2: uh well i've got my current production schedule i'm usually about three to six months i I know pretty sure what's happening in the next three months and mostly sure about six months and then Twelve months, like uh, six to twelve months. I'm like, I've got a, a fairly decent idea, but it's nothing set in stone. And it's a lot of stuff. It's like something pops up, and it's just like, oh, cool, we can slot that in then. And you know, there's always the beers themselves, like brewing the beer, because our maturation stage is so long. It's like minimum three months. Mm-hmm. Um, we can't, I can't physically, like mentally, f- figure that out. So often the base beer is just plain base beer that's just fermented with a different kind of bread, and we have that on hand to sort of like do things to and everything gets added towards the later stage usually there's very few occasions where we'll add stuff at the time we're brewing it for these sorts of sour beers. so that maybe happens that happens with the the wit beer the mixed firm wit beer that we we brew um but currently i don't have one in tanks so that Probably he's going to take a break from this year, unless I, unless we do a different in a different way. Um, but yeah, there's a few other beers uh, where we'll, we'll brew it, so it can only be that beer. Um, but yeah, it sort of locks you into that that idea, and you can't get away from it. Whereas currently, we've got a lot of freedom to to play around with
1: things. That's cool. I feel like as this is, uh, as I'm continuing to drink this as well, there is uh, there is more of that sort of like yeah. perfumey element that's that's coming mm-hmm. into it in like a really just nice way. Like it's just so, there's such a complexity with Holy Goat Bears that I just, that's what I really love. Like I found that over the last, you know, two, more so in the last two years or so, like it's felt like I've been wanting personally to go into more of like the what's interesting what is borderline risky sometimes what is like things that I wouldn't yeah. what is weir- weird and wonderful and I find yeah. that there's so much complexity in the Holy goat stuff which is why I love it so much but you know what was the beer that sort of got you into this style of beers
2: um into this style of beers I mean Lambic was one of those beer styles that when I first heard about I was like what that sounds crazy <laughs> <laughs> i was introduced to it by my brother-in-law who is belgian and he was like oh you should try these spontaneously fermented beers and i was getting i was into my belgian beers already but i'd never tried them and uh so he got me into them and then i was just like this is this stuff's mental i remember having some like boon uh lambics that were just like so intensely like farmyardy and like leathery and horsey it was just like i could i couldn't really finish it but i was really interested <laughs> Yeah. Um, so that, those sorts of beers definitely like the belgian influence for me has always been the strongest one there and that's uh always i think been a theme um and i hope it's still a theme it's visibly a theme in holy goat so a lot of uh yeah yeah a lot of the beers we try and sort of like pay homage to a, a very uh, the belgian styles it's sort of like if a Belgian producer decided to use Bergamot oranges, be like? <laughs> and then here's our sort of like angle on what it would be like. Yeah. So. Yeah.
1: I feel like that goes really nicely into the question about. So on your website, you you talk about the story behind the name Holy Goat. Uh, but for anyone that's not read your website, could you explain a bit about where the name actually came from? If we <laughs> go back to the origin story of the brewery. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. So. Um, Brettanomyces yeast, which is what we sort of specialize in as a brewery, is uh, sort of wild in considered a wild yeast. It's not typically used uh, by breweries to ferment their beers, um, especially not the way we do it, where it's 100% fermentation, which is a I would say more of a, a recent brewing development. Um, and uh, there's only maybe one or two other breweries in the world who sort of do it to the same level as us. Um, Crooked Stave in the US are probably the most noted one. Uh, one of the guys there used to study in Edinburgh, and he wrote a, a thesis on sort of fermenting with primary bread fermentation. Um, but, yeah, so there's not not many breweries making this sort of beer. Um, the the reference to Holy Goat is that Bretonimizes is, is – known for being quite like a goat it's likened to a goat because it's quite hardy it will eat through all the sugars at least in certain situations and um can produce some pretty weird characteristics sometimes likened to like goatee farmy and uh yeah a bit barnyardy but interestingly we don't get so much barnyardy character from the way we ferment it's more like fruity tropical uh, just punched in the face with fruit most of the time and then for certain other beers we can get that sort of more goatee element but um and then uh, like goats are also like pretty uh metal <laughs> so <laughs> and that, that fits within uh, within like completely within like sort of uh yeah our, our branding and and uh just ourselves like what are we like so yeah that's that's how the name sort of fits us
0: so uh in a previous live is it correct that you were an archaeologist
2: yeah yeah what made uh, you
0: move into beer from that
2: uh the the career i had in archaeology was mostly is like well Postgraduate, so I was doing a little bit of teaching and uh, writing articles and stuff like that, but I didn't really see a career developing from that. the The job I would I, I was most looking at would be a, a museum curator for like mm-hmm. British prehistory, and there's about maybe half a dozen of those jobs in the UK. And once you get that job, you usually keep that job uh, for the rest of your life. So. Yeah. It was just like there's no way I'm getting a, a like I could have maybe if I persevered, but I also was started getting really into brewing at the same time, and I was like, oh, actually, I could make something of this. Um, and then, I mean, the opportunity came where I started. Um, I was I was a home brewer, um, just just making weird stuff for a long time, and then uh, a local bar uh, in Edinburgh, the Hanging Bat. Uh, they were looking for a brewer to take over their 50 liter pilot kit in the back, so, so that was like a nice segue from home brewing 20 liters to home brewing 50 liters and selling it directly to the bar, directly on the bar to to whoever. So uh, that meant as well it was basically like someone was paying for all my ingredients to experiment. Nice. So it was very easy to fall in love with brewing, especially that was at the time when like craft beer was super exciting and new things were happening not that it's not at the moment of course <laughs> but you know like that was like the heyday we we're getting in all the US beers for the first times and um I sort of look back on it as the heyday uh and yeah it was it was difficult not to sort of sort of fall in love with it and want to sort of pursue that as a as a career so
1: yeah I've been to the hanging Bat a few times like one of because I know that so I've always kind of said so I sort of live closer to Reading and I've always kind of said that if I had to move sort of anywhere else in the UK like the only other place that I think that I could see myself a hundred percent being like yes I would love to live there is like Scotland and we've gone up there like a few times and I feel like every time I've got in there I've I've really really liked that I don't think I realized though because at the time the the few times that I'd, I'd got in there I wasn't necessarily there seeking out craft beer this was like years and years ago um and so i f- i didn't even realize that they had like a pilot kit in the back there or anything like yeah. that. that's really really interesting yeah it's more of like
2: tucked away in a in a cupboard in the corner there's a glass glass like walls that you can see through so it'd be like the monkey in the corner like and then everyone would be like pointing and looking and i'll just be like
1: <laughs>
2: making the beer and stirring the thing uh, luckily, someone else is doing that
1: I feel like I just like went in. The- we- we'd go in for like a drink because it would be kind of like a stop on the way. I really like the vibes in here. We come in for a drink, and then it kind of. Be- I I never like. S- I really regret in some of the places that I've been to. There, like not stopping and taking it in a bit more. Because yeah, never even never. You even- know, it's just when you said the name, I was like, I know for a fact I've been there and I've been there a few times because. I remember yeah. being like, if I'm recommending a spot to people to go to, these are the spots that I'm recommending, and that was definitely one of them. But yeah, that's that's really interesting. And then I guess what led what led you sort of like to start Holy Goat.
2: Uh, so from work at the Hanging Bat, I was like, I need to, I need a brewery. And then um, from that, I uh, met uh, my then business partner and started uh, Vault City Brew. And, um, from there, it was, it was, you know, figuring out two homebrewers trying to figure out how to be a commercial brewery. So there was a lot of learning what, you know, what we're doing and trying to figure it all out. And I think in figuring it all out, it's sort of what I wanted out of it, sort of maybe got lost a little bit on the way. And, uh, from that. I realized that at a certain point it was not really working and needed to move on and do sort of something that's more specifically like what I wanted. Uh, and that's, um, that led to about, yeah, 2020. And and um, it was sort of like, I think COVID was sort of just coming in like sort of the first quarter or second quarter of 2020. And it was that sort of time when it became clear that things needed, like the, it was time to, to change, yeah. um, and then the rest of the that summer was all just like planning, and then uh, getting everything going, and then in the in I think it was November, we uh, set up the Holy Ghost website and had like a pre-release that was just like merch and you could like pre-order boxes or whatever. It it's like going back a while now, but uh, yeah and and setting up the brewery at the same time which is crazy
1: i feel like i I remember the anticipation (laughs) i remember seeing it being like this looks so cool i i can't remember if i if if i ordered one of the original because i remember being like these somebody else like was like you need to these are the people to watch like you need to watch for this because it's going to be amazing and then just like looking at the website and being like yeah this is my vibe mm-hmm. uh and then like readers and i was like yeah i feel like i'm gonna it. and i can't remember if i if i did like the pre-order if i waited and then i was like then i'm getting it but it's really funny <laughs> they say because i fully remember that happening and people being like oh what's gonna come out of this and like there was yeah, so no. much buzz <laughs> waiting <laughs> for that to be released well-deserved yeah. buzz as well <laughs> mm. Appreciate it.
2: And for me, it's was crazy because like we didn't even have the premises like pretty close to that time, and it was just like we'd only just signed the lease on the premises like you know like a few weeks before that went live, and it was the brew kit wasn't even in place. Nothing was ha- like nothing was there, and we promised all this beer by like a certain date. It was just like we've got no way to make this currently, and it's just like it's all currently plans, and you know the budget was extremely thin and yeah but no did you, it will
1: do you have the oh shit moment of where you just, like did you have a moment where you're like oh shit are we, oh we we've got this we've got this it was
2: it was a bit like yeah it was it was the closer it got I mean we, we felt like we were getting closer but it was like oh shit are we gonna make this yeah. luckily we were quite conservative in the time scale we gave ourselves we I think we said like we'll get the first beers out in May and we just just made it and it was just sort when we we did finally get him out it was just like holy crap we actually did it like (laughs) what (laughs) but yeah
1: that's a (laughs) well-deserved celebration then you're like yes we've done it and it's almost like you can breathe a sigh of relief
2: (laughs) we just finished our first delivery run and then someone was like oh well done guys well done for what oh your first beers you've got them out it's like
1: (laughs) oh "Oh,
0: yeah
1: yeah. (laughs) brilliant (laughs) how how did you how did you meet in the you and your business partner like when when Uh, did you guys first meet
2: we met at the brewdog in dundee uh he was wearing a a band t-shirt i recognized we just got he, he knew the same people i'd only been living in dundee for maybe three or four months but um yeah uh he knew the same people we just got chatting about beer and and whatnot and then we just became good pals and then um, whilst I was in the planning stages of this, I just started chatting to him. He was doing, funnily enough, we because before, before I got into the brewing stuff, I was well, before I got into breweries, I was uh, I was doing a PhD in archaeology in Edinburgh. Um, he was doing a PhD in Dundee, um, in, in sound design and, and sound tech. Um, and but we were so we were talking about all that sort of stuff, and um. And beer and i was telling him about all the plans and i was showing him stuff because he's got quite a good graphic design background as well i was like this is all logos and thinking oh blah blah and he just got more and more of like chatting more and more about it with him and then one of our mates uh, our mate who's doing the website for me was just sort of like why don't you just get james involved uh and I was like yeah all right <laughs> <laughs> like why, why, why aren't you and james working on this together it's like oh yeah we should be okay <laughs> and we both like yeah cool
1: <laughs> oh just touche yeah. yeah. just... <laughs> shall, shall we go on to the second bit because i'm conscious of time and i want to yes. be able to try all of them so yeah. I'm, I'm really i'm really excited I'm, yeah. for this <laughs> and and for a reason that feels especially like really stupid is uh so i'm i'll play video games myself and i feel like uh out of all the games that i could be playing at the end of the day when i want my brain to just rest i'll sit and i'll play stardew valley and like one of the, the one of the fruits you have to get for somebody that's really hard to get is a star fruit so yeah. while you were sat there going that it was really hard to get i was like oh tell me about it it's nearly impossible <laughs> As a, to, as a farmer myself, <laughs> I mean, I can relate. It's very difficult. <laughs>
2: I'm glad to uh, be talking to someone else who's in the same industry.
1: It's, it's Im- it is it's really difficult. You really have to cultivate those seeds. I say, I tell my husband all the time, as a farmer myself, and he's just like, get the fuck out. <laughs> so, yeah, when you said starfruit, that's immediately where my brain went. <laughs> oh, talk to us about this bit.
2: Ooh. So, um, as I was saying before, it's got more of a tropical base to it. The uh, star fruit came uh, from a uh, supplier. It came not as whole fruit because it was just wasn't possible uh, to get star fruit like that. Um, but they were able to supply it in a puree form. So, for us, that's typical for tropical fruit. We can't get hold of everything in whole um so uh where required yeah uh puree is absolutely fine and um especially i think like transporting large quantities of this fruit across yeah various continents doesn't always work that easily um but yeah in terms of like the base beer more tropical base and then um the star fruit itself we use i think it was 200 grams a liter which is 200 grams a liter um which is a fairly decent chunk for us and i think the so the flavored script is like I t- one of the nice things is trying the star fruit like puree on its own and it comes across quite strong but it also like works it has very similar flavors to the base beer so it doesn't like okay. pu- and it's not as uh, punchy as sort of like if you if you talk about like s- straight passion fruit that's one of the strongest tropical fruits you can get mm. really intense Whereas this one, I would say, passion fruit's like an 8 or 9 out of 10. Star fruit's more of like a 5 or 6 out of 10 in terms of intensity. Um, So a little bit more subtle, but there's definitely, like, characteristics going on. Um, We've described it as pear, apple, grape, and citrus. Mm -hmm. But um, one of the things that also added was, like, uh, this sweetness to it that is, like... If like, the beer finished the same gravity as the uh, the previous beer, but I find this one has a sweeter uh, flavour to it. And I think that, yeah, attributed to the fruit primarily.
0: There's almost like a creaminess about it, mm. which I really enjoy. Yeah. Alongside that tartness.
2: Yeah, I think it might have added some sort of like thickness or yeah. something in the fruit maybe as passed through to yeah yeah I feel
1: like it's that mouth coating tartness as well which I just really love because I feel like it's well as a person that really likes sour beers really enjoys the sharp like a sharp sour note and that that tartness to it I also feel like on some level it is still quite approachable for somebody that Like, I think compared to like the Flanders Red that you guys do, like, that's maybe not as approachable to somebody that is new to Sours and doesn't know as much about Sours, doesn't know if they like them. I feel like the Crusher and Starhammer, while they have a very sharpness to them, it is still something that I feel like could be approachable to somebody that is like, oh, I just want to find out if I really like sours, especially if they like sort of those fruity notes as well. Um, yeah. but it's definitely like a passion fruity element to it. Once you said passion fruit, I was like, that is what's in my brain now. <laughs> yeah,
2: no, definitely. It's. I don't think, I think our beers are definitely more sour than some of the mainstream sour beers you can get, but they're not, like we never try and... We never want to have beers that are like face rippingly sour. Like that's yeah. not a balanced beer. Not that I'm trying to say we only make balanced beers. Because I don't necessarily believe balance is everything. Like, I like to have beers that that punch you in the face with certain things. But acidity is one of the things I do like to have balanced. So um, getting that right and, and and having a beer that's not like if, like ripping your enamel off your teeth is always uh, a bonus.
1: You mentioned this was a puree form and obviously the other, the the bergamot was like the actual bergamot. Do you have a preference of whether you prefer doing puree or the whole fruit? Like does it, for you, does it make a difference or does it very much depend on the fruit itself and what it is you're trying to brew?
2: Yeah, it depends on the fruit itself and a variety of other factors. Um, Some of it might be accessibility, price, Uh, How difficult it is to work with as a whole fruit. Um, uh, For example, most tropical fruit will tend to be purees. Uh, You just can't get them in the quantity you want. Or if you can buy them as whole fruit, it'll be like from some specialist shop where it's like 10 quid for one fruit. It's like, well, that's not just, that's just not going to work. For fruit, where possible, I do like to have whole. I do find you get a bit more complexity out of whole fruit, um, so so yeah. Bergamot for citrus fruit, we we always really have whole fruit, although we do also add juice uh, to some of them to to bulk it up a bit, even a bit more. Um, and then for for like berry fruits, uh, I use a mix. I mean, in season, I'll use like whole. And then uh, out of season, it will be a mix. Sometimes whole, sometimes puree. Some fruit uh, you don't want to use whole, so like strawberries um, have. I, th- I believe there's an off flavor associated with using whole strawberries that is like a plasticky flavor, and that is uh, as far as I'm I understand it from the seeds. So when you have puree of them, de-seeded, then you, I've never had that issue with plastic. Uh, like flavors coming off it. So so that's one where I'll only ever use puree. Um, but yeah, it depends. It's also, if you're using whole fruit, you have to age the beer on the fruit for that much longer uh, to get sort of like break down the fruit, get the sugars out. So it sort of depends what beer, if there's anything like specifically barrel aged beer, there will always be whole fruit. Um, just it's worth putting that much more time and effort into it. Uh, but, yeah, some beers, it's not price f- or cost effective. So, yeah, it's just weighing up a lot of different factors. There is nothing inherently wrong with pure ale juice. Uh, I just think sometimes they can be a little bit more one-dimensional, but um, sometimes they're actually better than whole <laughs> because you've got access to all the fruit and you can disperse it quite easily. And, yeah, so, yeah, it all it's all like sort of, just gotta figure it out
0: yeah do you try and go seasonally with what you choose or does it just depend on what type of beer you're trying to make at the time
2: yeah seasonally definitely i mean with the uh with this time of year we definitely produce a more tropical fruit beers because it's not as much fresh seasonally but uh definitely se- seasonal is is definitely one of the things we're all about um, like with the citrus beer we, we produce that to the season when the citrus is available um, and then as soon as the fruit harvests are coming through for like the berries, like the part of Scotland we're in is like surrounded by polytunnels, farms of polytunnels with berries so it's or sort of just waiting for the certain berries to come through and then we'll just absolutely load them into beer um, and yeah uh, but I mean we, we've got the ability to do, you know, because if we're happy to use puree for certain fruits anyway, it's like we, we can make this specific fruit year round. So it just depends. There's also some uh, local producers where we can get frozen uh, whole fruit. So we sometimes use that. And the freezing process is actually really good because it helps break down the fruit. So it's uh, beneficial for the beer.
1: And in terms of when you're actually experimenting, because obviously some stuff like you mentioned can be a bit more sort of like but not everything is as balanced and some of it is a little bit more like you want to go punch you in the face with certain things when you're doing something that's incredibly experimental do you pilot it first or do you go straight into like is it just like do you go I'm taking the gamble I'm going all in and we're just going to go for it like what is that process like when you go super experimental
2: it's mostly just go for it Um, I don't have a pilot kit and I I don't know I think there's Certain things you can change down the line. You can add to. You, t- you can you can blend things, and there hasn't been really any major hiccups. I think there are certain decisions where you know, like that's fairly safe. And if it's if it's wrong, I can add more. Uh, if if it's too much, it's difficult to take away. But you could always blend it with other beer to to reduce the what you what you've added. But yeah, generally, it's not been we've not had any issues with that so it's just sort of going off experiences and uh yeah getting hands-on with the uh ingredients and adjuncts and yeah just try not to fuck it up
1: (laughs) absolute respect (laughs) I feel like my stress and anxiety levels are way too this is why I'm 100% not a brewer like I couldn't absolutely not deal with that that is Amazing! The fact that you're just like, yeah, we're just gonna, just gonna go there. We'll just fix it. We'll, we'll just fix just it. We got and
2: hopefully it'll, it'll be, be fine. fine. It'll be
1: fine. <laughs> yeah.
0: We were brewing five liters at my house. And I got Tor- Tori to do the sparge, and she was like, I don't want to lose any of it. Like, oh, I'm gonna- what happens if I do something wrong? I'm like, you're literally just running water through grains. It's fine. But, it, but in
1: my in my brain, I was like, if I'm going to do it, like the way I commit to stuff, is like, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it properly. And I didn't want to be the person, like having never done that before, having not homebrewed before, being like oh no we could have gotten more out of that but I didn't so I was like wait I'm gonna do this and I'm gonna do it fully and she was like yeah you're not meant to be that (laughs) (laughs) in in terms of the homebrewing side of things actually because that leads on to another really like a question that I had if you have someone that is homebrewing and wants to brew more of the weird and wonderful do you have any tips or recommendations on like how they should approach it or maybe even things that's like absolutely do not do that learn from my mistakes (laughs)
2: uh not necessarily. I I don't know. It depends what way you want to go about it. But uh, if you want to do mixed firm homebrewing, then there's a, a wiki called Milk the Funk that has all the sort of information you need. It's it's so detailed. And there's so much industry experience and also homebrew experience that it's just there's everything there you need. But generally, I just for me, I just read a lot of books, read a lot of online articles and um if you read enough of enough about something, you'll get a, a feel for what is typical um, and, yeah, just try and make, like, reasonable decisions about what makes sense. Um, you can see, like, there'll be recipes of, like, commercial brewer- breweries versions of, let's say you want to make a, a chocolate stout of, of how much chocolate they use or how much of this – variety of like cacao nibs or cacao husks and you can get a sort of feel for like, okay, scale that down. That's about right. Uh, and then Yeah. You just gotta go for it and and it's all about learning anyway. Home brewing is it's one of those things where you have the freedom to fuck it up. Um, it's it's not a big deal. Uh, if you if you mess it up, you're not throwing away thousands of pounds of beer. So yeah, you, you just just do it, and you, you'll learn. Even if you have, if you even if you do throw away, you'll learn an important lesson. So it's still worthwhile. So yeah.
0: Um, so we briefly mentioned the artwork on the bottles. Um, they are all absolutely gorgeous. Every time we see one, can you tell us a little bit about um, how the artwork comes about? Like, where do the ideas come from?
2: So for. For ones like this, it was um oh, that's uh, awesome. this one's done by Jim Bob Isaac and it was sort of like gave him a brief of like cool looking skull dudes with horns, everything's always with horns, and uh and psychedelic sort of background and gave him some artwork from like bands we liked. This this one's actually so the Crusher series is um named after a band, um Earthless, who had this song called uh what's it called oh god the name's escaped me right this second but it's crusher it's got crusher in it acid crusher okay so there we go but <laughs> I remember we I was like we could call a bit acid crusher but then just like it sounds a little bit too like acidic so yeah, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you don't
1: want to conjure up that <laughs> yeah
2: so but it, it's uh that inspired like there's like their artwork's quite psychedelic and the music as well so it's like Okay, let's use that as the sort of like basis for the artwork. And and uh, Jim Bob's like does the artwork for sort of heavy metal bands and, and like do bands like that. So he knew exactly what we're, we're after. And then um, this is one by James, uh, uh, my business partner. And he's doing more and more art as, as the brewery goes on. Um, uh partly because we don't have to pay anyone money yeah, I was gonna
0: say, so the it's real really part is,
2: is he's actually a very talented artist and it's really nice to actually see his art style developing uh as we've gone on and uh yeah he's really happy with with how he's he's for the for the uh inspiration for this it's it's all him i don't need to give any you know i'm not doing a brief he's not doing a brief he's just doing what he wants and and uh, he, he knows the, the style better than anyone because he's the guy behind most of the style from the brewery so yeah um and uh he also did this one over here so we'll get expert. to shortly
1: nice. I think my the the blood witch and the goat witch what like those ones mm. hands down love them. But I feel like for me, lo- I I genuinely feel like any of the labels that you guys do, I could easily hang on the wall. It's I feel like it's like art, like hang on the wall, artwork worthy. It is like tattoo worthy. It's t shirt worthy. Like it's all these just the art to me, especially as like a D and D player as well. Like some of the stuff for me sticks out as stuff that I want to see in like my. Dungeons and Dragons campaigns and like all that kind of stuff. I just absolutely love it. And I know that you sometimes sell some of the prints on the website as well. Um, I think there was one up there now. And it's just, yeah, the the, the Blood Witch and the Goat Witch ones, hands down, I think are probably my favourite ones. (laughs) Yeah,
2: definitely one of my favourites as well, for sure. Yeah, Um, yeah, we still have some of the prints of the original Gold Wizard art. Uh, We ordered way too many to begin with. (laughs) and uh so <laughs> we people still... need to go
1: buy them hang nice them on your that. wall We
2: have <laughs> a few left, but uh yeah there's no rush we'll just keep those forever i, I don't know <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool yeah. um should before we start before we finish the rest of our line of questioning uh and we overwhelm you too much should we go on to the last one just so that way we yes. don't take you too much longer
2: why the neck this or get another glass
1: Oh, no, it's cool. We can, I mean, we can carry on. Don't neck it, yeah. please. I just, I'm <laughs> conscious that I don't want to keep, yeah. I, I promised you an hour and I'm like, I'm like I can ask you questions glass, for days. <laughs> I'm
0: going to be
2: drinking a full bottle of stout.
0: But... <laughs> yeah. Take my time with it. Oh, these are
1: gorgeous. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm doing my level best, not support them. <laughs> I'm like, nope, nope. No, don't drink it too quickly. Don't drink it too quickly. So I feel like I could easily, quite easily neck these and I don't want to do that. Okay. We were just saying it's way too easy to neck them. I'm doing my level best not to pour out too much. I'm like, no, no, no. (laughs) To be fair though, we didn't say the ABVs. Like um, Starham was only 6%. I say only six percent, yeah. but in the grand scheme of things of like for me, I feel like six percent is like the new session level for me, so it's fair. Uh, and the Bergamont Crusher was five point six percent. So I feel like really, really easy to yeah. drink. Now we has got in the right
2: order. a nice eight point four percent.
1: Wow. What a way to end. And I'm even gonna use my holy goat glass on this one. Right. Oh, that is a beautiful colour. Oh, and it smells beautiful. Look at the head on that as well. That is, like, beautiful colouring on that. Gorgeous. Ooh. Oh, I'm excited for you to talk us through this one because I do yeah. want to know sort of, like, how you go about getting the recipe. Like, did you use a specific recipe or was it, like, a mix of different recipes? Or, yeah, talk to yeah. us about this one.
2: If you look up uh, 1867 Double Stout on the internet, you will find there's a guy called Ron Pattinson, who's a beer historian, and he has uh as a couple of different recipes he's actually got. One of them's from a brewery called Reeds, and another one of the brewery is escaping my name right now. But basically, there were two strong export stouts brewed in 1867 with recipes from Ron Pattinson And uh it was basically taking bits of those and and then getting a feel for okay, this is what the beer would have been like, uh, and then putting a twist on it you know like it's not a hundred percent exactly that recipe because also those recipes don't really make proper sense anymore because yeah they use like brown malt to the extent and like certain other malts that you that wouldn't make a, a a beer taste right these days uh the malt profile itselfs probably changed the way it's produced has changed um brown malt uh back in the uh nineteenth century was not it was kilned differently so it still had the power to uh it still had diastatic power so the ability to convert sugars uh, or, sorry the complex sugars in, and break them down in the mash. Um so but these the modern brown malt is kilned to a higher level so it's a bit more bitter, toasty, roasty, coffee ish. But you will sort of lose all that diastatic power. Um, so it's more of a specialty malt. So we still use a fair good a fair amount of brown malt in this, but it's gotta have uh, gotta be balanced with the other malts. Um to sort of yeah, to come out with a beer that's also it's somewhat historical, but also tasty. It it's is important, very important. It's important to yeah. be tasty.
1: Yeah. There is that, like, uh, that roasty-toasty, oh, yeah. like, coffee. But then there's almost, like, a chocolate mm-hmm. element to it as well. And it mm-hmm. is just, like... And the, and I feel like the booziness, for, in my opinion, for my taste buds, is just, like, that right level. Because I think sometimes you can have something where it's almost too boozy or it's, like, doesn't have that booziness to it. But sometimes I want that boozy warmth to it. Yeah. And I feel like this is just, like, sort of the right level. It's balanced out perfectly, especially for the ABV, which is yeah. just makes it really something that you want to sit sit and sip on um but like i feel like yeah this bottle i don't need to share this bottle like I can have. yeah absolutely (laughs) one one thing
2: that we always make sure we can do is it's called the pint test can you drink a full pint of that beer because i have a problem with certain breweries who make beers that you you take a few sips of and they're like initial sips but oh it's gorgeous and then you get like three sips in you're like i don't want any more of that that's too much and they're beers that have too much sugar they're they're not you know it's transcending that boundary of like is this still beer or what you know it's pushing it to a limit and i'm fine with that that's interesting and cool and fun but like i don't want to be drinking those beers all night whereas this is a beer where i could easily have a pint of it it's you know quaffable.
1: yeah and, I and feel like and- the, I know. the body's perfect on it as well like, and it's not it has like that sweetness to it that's that's with that's going alongside that noticeable like bitterness and the roasty mm-hmm. elements to it but it's not like syrupy like sometimes what you can get with 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 beers that have those similar notes as well can be almost like syrupy mouth coating and sometimes yeah. like you said those are the ones that i find like the first few sips you're like oh that's great and then after a while you're just like oh not like too much can't do it whereas this is just like yeah this is just a dream in a glass i love it
2: Yes, yeah, they're having that bitterness there. You know, you use for these sorts of historical beers, it's a lot of whole leaf hops, so you get a different kind of bitterness than say with uh, some of the more pastry stouts, where they'll use like some high alpha hops right at the beginning of the boil because they just minimise. It's not about the hops; it's minimal hop, like hops added to it, just enough to get the bitterness. Whereas this is you use a lot of whole leaf. Uh, lower alpha hops at the beginning of the boil, and you also add a load towards the end of the boil. So you're getting a more more depth of bitterness. It's more like pronounced. It's sort of uh, there's something about 15 and 20 minute additions of of uh, hops that that adds a certain like bitter character that is it is different. It's uh, you you lose that if you don't if you only add 60 minute additions or 90 minute additions. Um, and then uh, this one was bumped up with a bit of sugar as well. So this was, uh, and generally we'll only be using darker sugars for beers like this, or be like Muscovado or, or uh, Dark Demerara sugar, um, which helps hit the ABV. And there's also, sugar was commonly added uh, to beers in the 19th century, so it's pretty typical. They might not have been adding darker sugar, but it was probably unrefined, unprocessed sugar. So we don't really know what color it would have been. Um, yeah, I'll leave that one to the beer <laughs> historians. <laughs> so, yeah, 8.4% um, uh, yeah, is uh, an interesting ABV. You'll be seeing a lot more of it because there is recent duty changes. <laughs> So the old seven point four percent or seven point five percent is now eight point four percent. So prepared to see a lot of double stouts, especially from us. <laughs> and uh yeah, our stronger beers will generally be about eight point four, and then occasionally we'll have uh beers that go above that, but uh the price cost to consumers is massive. It's like an extra one pound, one pound fifty per bottle. Uh, which is already when you've got a you know an eight point four percent beer that you're already charging like seven or eight quid for, and then it's like nine or ten quid that's you know a noticeable difference yeah um it's it's yeah, and then you, you as a brewery, you're like well, what can we you know should we take some of this cost on and you know you calculate the price of a beer and it's like by going from eight point four to eight point five it's like this beer just cost an extra thousand pounds it's mm. like to make it's like. Is there any need for that? Yeah. yeah. So yes. as as is very traditional historically, we go by the laws of the time and we'll make sure we'll, we'll do certain things to make things like, you know, make it feasible. So yeah, there'll be a lot of 8.4% beers uh, from us, but, and other breweries, but then, you know, we've got a barley one coming out um in a few weeks that's 10% and you know we've got some other strong stuff planned for later this year so you know it's still happening but it's just prepare to spend money
1: yeah I'm I'm prepared <laughs> like I'm, I feel like <laughs> I feel like any time that we talk about holy cow I'm like just take my money like we we have talked again it, like I said I try not to like fangirl about it too much but it's literally every time we talk about it on the podcast I'm like just take just take my money like you guys release stuff and I'm like All right, just take more of my money. Like it's fine. I'm not even mad about it. I've made peace with it. It's it's fine. I can happily take more of these. And I just say,
2: very much appreciated uh, (laughs) because we would be totally ruined without people like you who are willing to put your faith in us. So, and and most importantly, money.
1: It's, yeah. it's so, so t- talking about sort of like telling people about it as well. So, obviously, you guys were the Raise the Bar winners in 2023, so you were at all the We Are Beer festivals. I judged that, <laughs> yeah, get it, get it. Um, and
0: You're I like remember
1: those ones, are winning. thank you. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember like hearing about that and being like, Yes, this is great, <laughs> this is great for me. Yeah. Um, but also. I know I, so before we started recording and you came on, I was talking about being in Bristol. So I've got enough people that listen, like they know that I work in Bristol. So one of our offices in Bristol, so I have to go down there somewhat regularly. So I've got friends in the office that work down there and their partners. So we all agreed, like, we're going to go to Bristol Craft Beer Festival. I'll work out the Bristol office. We'll go down there. Like, that would be great. Took them around. And one of my co-workers partners she likes beer but she was a bit like I don't really know all the things that I like and she said to me what is your favorite beer like either what's your favorite beer who's your favorite brewery answer like who should I try like who is your favorite and I was like oh holy goat hands down is my favorite I'm so happy that they won the raise the bar and she was like great I'm gonna go try that now so I was talking to like because I was talking to her about it and I was like this is amazing and they've done this and that's good and she's like I'm gonna go try it now and I was like I feel like I should go in with a warning as a person that maybe doesn't go into certain styles of beer, maybe just proceed with caution around which one you're going to get. And I was like, cause I don't want you to be like, yes, fill it up. And then I was like, maybe just sample it first. Just, just in case yeah. that's maybe not to your taste. And then she was like, Oh, so she went in with the like, went in whole whole hog. And then she went, it's not necessarily like my taste. And she's like, but you can tell that it's a really good quality. And she was just like, I am enjoying like what I'm tasting. It's just not the style that I normally go for. And I was like, well, that's interesting. I was like, I'm glad that I gave you the warning, but also the fact that you were willing to try it and you came out of it going, I can tell that this is like a really well-made product, even if it's not for me. Do you find that when you're at these beer festivals that you have people that are like, I'm going to give this a try. Or do you find that when you talk to people about it, because When I've worked behind the bar at beer festivals and you say, this is a sour, this is mixed foam, whatever, you get two reactions. That's either, oh, or, oh, like there's, there's not like, do you find that there's a struggle when you've gone to the festivals last year or were people super receptive to trying it? Were they loving it? Like, how was it for you?
2: Uh, I would say for us, We tend to get people who, for the most part, like I'd say maybe 60, 70 percent of people who come up for us up to us for a beer already know about sour beers and just want to try what we've got. Um, yeah. there's maybe 20-30% of people who come up and are like oh I'm not sure uh, I'll give it a try and then they wander off and you either see them like happy go oh wow or or like they just wander <laughs> off and you never see them again so you don't really know there are some people who come up and say do you have any IPAs and you're like no Uh it's like what do you have sour beers and they're like okay and they just walk off and, so you, you get a nice mix but uh, UK, you get people who are like oh sour beer what's that I've never tried that and you're like okay try this, and they're like oh, oh yeah,
0: yeah and they try
2: everything and it's like awesome that's a good feeling when you when you've gotten someone to especially if you know there are people there who, who might not be that into like regular sort of like craft beers or ipas or lagers or whatever and they just want to try see what else is about so uh having something different and then yeah it's it's fruit so often most of our beers have fruit involved so that's often a nice draw as well for people so yeah
1: just yeah she was she was just like she was like how passionate you talked about that bit she's like I'm gonna go try it now and then that's what I had to be like whoa, whoa, whoa just maybe sample it first because I know that you normally go for like pale ales. and I was like hang up a minute and she yeah. was just she was like well, she, I was impressed she kind of went all in and she's like now I'm just gonna get a glass and I'm just gonna try it and she was like it was she's like even though that's not my normal taste I really enjoyed it you could tell it was quite quite like high quality. And I was like, Yeah. well, at least I was like, so worried. I was like, please don't slate somebody that I absolutely like, that I go in. That was like the first drink I had at the festival. And she was like, no, it's actually because, of... okay, good, good, good. <laughs> but I also saw, so I think um, I got talking to, I believe it was James that was down at Craft Theory. Because I was working on Barcraft Theory not too far in Reading, like a few yeah. stalls down from the Holy Goat. And that's when we started talking about funk so funk weapons on the bar. I was really gutted because I really wanted to get Joe and I a bottle of that so that we could talk about it on a yeast-based episode. Cause I feel like out of all the breweries, you guys are one of the ones that shout about the importance of yeast more so than maybe I've seen from other breweries, which yeah. I feel like yeast, super underrated in in beer in general. Um, what what gave you the idea with, the, with that Funk Weapon? I understand it was a series because I had one and I think there was another one, yeah. at least another one or two the, before it.
2: The idea of Funk Weapon is, is it's not really an idea, it's just that uh, this is the base beer we make. And sometimes we'll just be like, oh, we haven't done just a, a straight up base beer uh, released uh, in a little while, so let's just do one. I think it grounds us a little bit and it shows people like you're, you're tasting all these beers with different fruits, and different adjuncts, and then but like behind that, there is a really solid base. And sometimes we come across a certain batch that, for whatever reason, is just like, oh, that's tasted really banging. We can't do anything with that. There's that would be like the that would be rude, that would be uh, disrespectful. For the yeast so um we just put it out and then sometimes it's just like oh we don't have any money to spend on fruit this month let's just put it out <laughs> no that never happens but yeah I've
1: <laughs> I, I either one them all for it because that that funk weapon for anyone that's not had it it basically just showcases the importance of what like, what yeast can bring to yeah. a beer where it was like it tasted like there was fruit in it like, it tasted beautiful and fruity and just refreshing. And I could sit there and I could session that. And it was like, yeah, yeah, it's all all just yeast. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, that's, that's one of the things about It's like, I'd quite like to have these as sort of like, this is a session beer. You sell it in 30 litre 50 litre cakes to pubs. They just have it on all the time. But we sort of set ourselves into this sort of like, new beer all the time thing and you know wood bars still buy as much if it was a uh, the same beer you know as a month or two ago and mm-hmm. so we're sort of like we have to change it up a bit um but we do we've had i think last year we did maybe three different just straight up base beer releases so there was a funk weapon a Goat wizard and a shrine builder um there's if you get if you haven't tried the shrine builder that's one of the ones that i would say is also tasting like particularly good. We've had a lot of people uh, talk about that beer with us um, who were like, nice. Um...
1: <laughs> <laughs> I just like,
0: nice. Like, like, clicking. She's going on the website right now to look for it. <laughs> I, I,
1: I absolutely am. am. <laughs> I was like, is it available for me to buy, literally all right, right now? One, uh, I think that one
2: might have sold out. But, uh, it is yeah. not.
1: Well, we, well, I will eagerly await. Uh, yeah. I'll eagerly await the next video because uh, we need another one for our yeast-based episode, so yeah. I'm just like, all waiting for this now. But, yeah, I, I feel like, and talking about like it would be disrespectful to put fruit in it, I feel like it's disrespectful to say anything more than just nice because I feel like that just <laughs> – there's no words that can really do it. just, just – Nice. Yeah. <laughs> do, you, do you have,
0: in that, while we're talking about that, do you have a standout beer of yours that is your favourite? Or, you know, can you not cho- choose between your children?
2: Uh, no, I can choose.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, no, easily, so easily.
2: <laughs> I mean, there's a few beers you come across and you're like, ah, oh, this is the one. This is, like, yeah. one of the best beers <laughs> we've ever put out. And Unholy Mountain was probably one of those for me where it's like no questions this beer is like ridiculous so that is holy mountain mm. and then the unholy version of that was the, the barrel, barrel Asian Scot, uh barrel aged and scott scottish whiskey barrels with the whole cherries in the barrels and it was just like it was, that beer was a nightmare because you think <laughs> oh yeah we'll put fruit in the barrel we'll put the beer in the barrel and then we'll get the beer out of the barrel without any of the fruit blocking up any pumps or any other uh, ciphering equipment we've got, <laughs> and it will everything will just be fine. And we'll get loads right. of the beer out, and there won't be any losses. And it's just like, no, it was a nightmare. There was a lot of losses. It was uh, a headache. But the beer that came out of it was ridiculous. So worth it. And uh, <laughs> we've got another batch in barrel from this year's, the most recent Holy Mountain. So we'll, we're raging that at the moment. But uh, we weren't able to get whole cherries this time because the harvest wasn't as good. So we got um, – and it wasn't from – so, uh, so uh, it wasn't from the same location as the previous cherries. So it might be a little bit different. We we'll, we'll might have to put even more cherries into it. We'll, we'll figure something out. But, uh, you should call yeah. it even
1: more Cherry Mountain. That's what you should call it. <laughs> yeah. And this time it's definitely it's not going to... It's even more Unholy Mountain. And I feel like this, this time it's definitely not going to clog up anything. It's going to be... This time no. it's definitely going to be fine. Well
0: There's,
2: there's no whole right. fruit in the barrels. Yeah. So, so it's
1: <laughs> like, at least this time it's on your side. mostly
2: sick of dealing with fruit in barrels. So there's a reason why most breweries don't do that.
1: Yeah.
2: Oh so, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
1: In terms of sort of dream collabs of yours, like, is there anyone that you haven't collabed with that you're like, if I could do any- a collab with anybody, like there's someone. So, for example, it doesn't even have to be a brewery. So I know that before Grumpy Goat and Reading closed, which really upsetting in itself. But before that, they washed cheese in one of your beers. And that was yeah. easily like... T- it was, I, I basically went, this one's the best one. Which one is that? And then they went, oh, that's, that's Holy Goat. go. And I was like, that's amazing. <laughs> I was so gutted to like, not, I was going to buy some to take home and didn't. So the collab doesn't even have to be another brewery. Dream yeah. collab, who would it be with?
2: Dream collab. Well, it would be another, well, in this, yeah, Jester King, basically.
0: Mm, yeah. I mean, my,
2: up until this point, my dream collab was fan time and then that happened. So I know <laughs> dreams <to> come true. <laughs>
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that was yeah. I, I like as we say before we started recording, I went on the web when I went on the web shop this morning. I was like, it's oh, another one. I saw the Phantom, and I was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna have to buy that one now, aren't I? Um, is there a type of beer, a specific ingredient that you've not used yet that you are like, if I could get a hold of this? So again, no financial barriers to entry, no like potentially making something that people aren't gonna drink yeah what would you do sky's the limit
2: there's this fruit from south america called chaputicaba that i was looking at for ages and trying to get hold of and it was on some one of the fruit producers lists and i was like oh that sounds like that could be really good and then they were like no we can't do it got my hopes up it it was like one of these fruit that's got like it's like uh supposedly like grapey but also like bubble gum and and just oh. like they had some descriptors that are just like that's really unusual. That would be super awesome to try that in a beer. Um and it's never a fruit I've never heard of before. You start going down all these like looking at all these random like fruits that you've never heard of the name of before and like oh what does that taste like? Oh that's just gonna taste like this. A lot of the fr- a lot of the fruits you find that you're like, I want to try that. But then you like look at the flavour uh, profile of it, and you're like, Well, that just sounds like that and that, but it will cost yeah. about 18 times as much. So you're like, Well,
0: sorry, I could just put that and that in it instead. The same 18 times. Exactly. S-
2: some of the most interest, like ingredients that I'm most interested in using at the moment are, I'd say not, I don't know if you want to call it ingredients, but like, re- like sherry barrels are amazing and have such a crazy character that I would absolutely love to get hold of some sherry barrels. And well, we've got one, but uh, it's, it's been used for whiskey. And then now we've got it. So, and it's been used a few times by us as well, but getting hold of fresh sherry barrels um, would be awesome. They're also the most expensive barrels that you can get pretty much uh, because they're so in demand in the whiskey industry so at some point we will but uh yeah i've been looking at them being like (laughs) one day i was
1: gonna say one day you're just gonna be like all right i'm gonna session a few (laughs) 8.4s get that going and then you're gonna be like oh whoops i ordered it that was my bad (laughs) jory just
0: needs to give you more money yeah yeah, that's it do it
1: (laughs) i was gonna say expect expect more money at the end of tonight i'm not gonna lie to you
2: It's one of those things where i if you factor the <laughs> price of that barrel into the beer, then it's just like, well, that barrel holds 250 litres and it costs about a grand. Um, <laughs> so it's just, it's just like the most expensive ingredient you could possibly add, yeah, pretty much. But um, before we move on, you mentioned the Grumpy Goat before and uh, they actually came up to us to do a collab and the collab is the barley wine I was mentioning earlier. So oh. we're going to have that available and then we're going to start chatting about it next week and have that available. Ooh. In the next time
1: right. But I might have to hold off on my order so I can do <laughs> one order and, and get that as well. Because that is because I believe that, yeah, when I was there, um there was like talks of there was going to be a collab and everything else. Like that, so I was like really excited. And that che- like that washed cheese was phenomenal. Like it was so I'm not much of um, I'm really weird about my cheeses where I prefer the hard cheese and everything else. And this was a slightly softer cheese. And I was like, I'm going to give it a go. I'm going to see what it's like. And it was yeah. incredible. So Moorish. I was just like, I want more. I want more. And I was going to buy some to take home, but it was the end of the night. And they were like, it's last orders. And the cheese counter's not open anymore. And I was no, like, no. please. They didn't even
2: bring the last orders in the cheese counter. That.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's was like, like that. I didn't get last orders on cheese. <laughs> like that was, but it was honestly, it was incredible. Like, yeah. So I'm going to, now I'm going to have to hold off. Cause I'm going to need that one as well. So I might as yeah. well do one more and get them all in. Cool. Yes. Yeah. So uh, I know I know that we got to wrap up in a minute, but what I really love about your labels is on all of your labels it says "Drink young or age, this will get weirder." I know Joe and I have talked about this before. I absolutely yeah. fucking love that. And um, in your opinion, how long? Like, what's your approach to knowing how long to age something for? Do you have like a, a method to it, or do you just risk it for a biscuit? As they say,
2: uh, it's a risk. I would say anything fruited. <laughs> you're probably going to get the most out of the fruit within the first year, and then it's going to mm. change, and you'll start getting yeast character dominate, but the, uh, the <laughs> this, so this came about because it's like, oh, this will develop, and you know, there's yeast character, and that will change over time, it will get weird. it might get weirder, uh, but it doesn't say it's going to get better, we're not saying it's going to get better, no. so yeah, uh, it will get weirder, so, no, but that's totally, what I loved about it. We don't promise you anything.
0: <laughs> Joke's on you. I'm into that.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah that is, that is <laughs> to be fair, like you are 100% right. But that's what I really loved about the label is because it's like, well, if you, you can try it now, or you can wait and yeah. take a gamble on it, see if yeah. it gets more weird, see <laughs> if it's good, weird, or bad, weird. <laughs> exactly.
2: We've got 10 years' day on it as well. So, yeah. Um, if anyone's coming back to us in 10 years time saying it doesn't taste right then
1: uh, you it know. was bad weird and you're like that's on you man <laughs> yeah, the label said weird it, it, it
2: didn't say it good <laughs> it's, our, it's our get out club it's, it's
1: awesome. brilliant I love that <laughs> Oh, that is amazing down to the final few questions so one of them being if you had to pick one of your beers to represent Holy Goat as a brewery and you can only pick just one Ooh. is there one that you would pick is there one you could pick? I know that you've got the one that's your favourite, but is there one that represents you the best and why?
2: Mm. No. <laughs> no yeah, that's in. a good answer. <laughs> like that. No, they, I mean, that a
1: valid, that's I'm, a valid answer. I
2: would say maybe... I don't Yeah. I would say
0: something I love like, how
1: much easier it was to choose your favourite. Like We were like, can you choose a favourite? And you were like, immediately yes. yes. And it was like, can you pick one that represents a I don't know, I don't know, all, all of them.
2: Yeah, no, let's, let's go with my favourite. Yeah, let's just say that. Because that one is like one of the nerdiest, one of the most annoying to produce and uh, <laughs> has high fruiting levels, has um, insane fermentation character and it's just, it's all of the Holy Ghost stuff in one package. It's also wax dipped and impossible to get into so I just everything about that is just like you know this this beer is a fuck you for us to make and a fuck you for you to drink so <laughs>
1: that's with, with uh, the with the wax uh, seal I absolutely love the wax seals how do you choose which ones get wax seals and which ones don't get wax seals
2: uh do you just there's... go that
1: one's a wax seal that one is uh, or just today we've got wax <laughs>
2: Uh it's always the smaller batches because nobody can be bothered doing the whole batch and uh, doing a larger backs batch with wax dipped and then um if something's been a particular hassle to make, then it's like, well, let's just add more hassle to it.
0: <laughs> you might as well.
2: So you've got yeah. this far. <laughs> it it also just like it shows premium, um, and especially towards like the end of the year towards christmas time we'll start doing more wax stuff um but it's generally like uh, sometimes there's like shall we wax did this one and there's a lot of no's and shut up and fuck you and never (laughs) i
1: I quite like that answer let's go with that i like that um if somebody is listening to this that hasn't tried your beers before, because I don't know why they just haven't—they've not been listening to us before, they've not taken our advice before. But now that you're on, they want to put in an order with Holy Goat. But let's just say they've not—they're newer to mixed firm beers as a whole. They're newer to what you guys do. What would be something that has to go in their basket? Like it can be something that's not currently on your web shop, but maybe you rebrew it. What is the one that they need to make sure is there for them to try as an introduction?
2: Uh, I would say, I mean, out of the current beers we've got, I would definitely say bergamot crusher that is literally like the aroma just like smashes you in the face as soon as you open the bottle. And I think yeah. that's a really good like showcase of, especially as well, like the ingredients um it's like it's it's one that you you know about but you might not have tried so it's like you're actually in some ways being able to try this ingredient that you you wouldn't usually get be able to get hold of and you can try it in a um a beer that is quite nice so very
0: nice. I don't disagree i would i would say it's very nice
1: <laughs> thank you you're welcome Final question, Joe. Shall I let you ask the final question? I've asked too many questions.
0: Yeah, so <laughs> what's next for Holy Goat? What do we need to be looking out for?
2: Ooh, uh, so one of the things we are starting to do more of is non-mixed firm beers.
0: Ooh, <laughs> uh, like so you know.
1: <laughs>
2: So we're going to continue on making the same amount of mixed firm beers but then a nice way for us to grow the business and not try and oversaturate the market with our mixed firm beers and keep them at a scale that's nice to produce is to produce um, more sort of like clean, as as some people might call it. So not mixed firm, using uh, not using Brett cultures. Yeah. So we'll be doing more stouts. Uh, we're big into stouts, and we've been making them from the very first release. So. There's definitely gonna be more stouts, uh, but then more Belgian styles as well, and then more other weird styles. We make a, an IPA for music festival every year. Maybe we'll make a few IPAs. You know, we'll we'll just if something's interesting for us, then we'll we'll make it. And um, yeah, it's just sort of you know we're not in here to be uh, limited by what we make. We'll, we'll make what the hell we want. And uh, just because we're a mixed firm brewery doesn't mean we can't make a, a Czech-style pilsner. And, and uh, yeah, maybe we will at some point. That's the dream.
1: <laughs> we're here for that. I feel like it is... Our, our last year has been the year of the lagers and it's like we might as well go lager round two for years yeah. for the next year. So yeah. <laughs> that would be amazing. We'd love to see what you guys do with like a like straight up lager as well. Same.
2: Same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I just, just want just you know the keg in my flat just yeah. next to me at all times just yeah i mean that's I mean, the thing I it's like it we drink enough mixed firm sour beers and we're making you know these these beers that are premium and are very nice to drink and i can absolutely drink pints of them but you know sometimes i just want something that just tastes like a lager
1: so. <laughs> can relate Definitely, yeah. um, hard relate. Um, yeah, but thank you so much for joining us. I realise we kept you way over when we said we would, so thank you so much for sticking around and not just like leaving us. Uh, so appreciate that. Anything you want to plug? Any socials, events, anything? This is coming out a week from when we're recording this, so any anything on the calendar people should have a look out for.
2: Yeah, just uh, have a look for the latest beer releases. They'll be coming out on our socials probably around the time this comes out um so really happy with how these next three beers are tasting one of them's is a, a barley wine collab our first barley wine and as a barley wine lover myself i'm just so happy to finally get one out and something we've been talking about in the brewery for doing a while for a while uh, and that's with the grumpy goat as well and who are sadly no longer in business but like who came up yeah. and ha- we had a great time making beer um so, uh, yeah, well, that's one of them. And then we've got a, a big Flanders Red um, with a mixture of Scottish fruit in there and uh, one more beer that's a collab with a Hong Kong brewery that uses uh, lychee and jasmine and a golden sour. So another quite tropical forward uh, golden sour and uh, some nice ingredients in there. So, yeah, we're really looking forward to, to getting those out into the world. So, yeah, have a look on the, the web shop. They'll be, they'll be there.
1: Soon. Well, Joe and I have a, have a challenge to uh, one of our beer drinking challenges that we've got for 2024 is to have a beer with different fruits in it. So there we go, lychee. We can add that to the list. That's oh, great. Gorgeous. And, uh, Joe, we need to make sure we release this episode slightly later on the Monday so I can get to the web <laughs> shop before everybody else. <laughs> so... Excellent. Thank you so much for joining us, Johnny. <laughs> it's been me. a pleasure. Okay. <laughs> Cheers. So I think I can safely say, I, I, I mean,
0: I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I think you okay? you did, you, I think you did really well there, but
1: you were definitely fangirling. I don't care. I don't even care. like it's not. I mean, these are delicious beers. It's not as like I it's don't. So good. No one should be surprised. These are amazing. Like yeah. this is this is the thing. Is like I don't think that I'm being out of pocket and I'm fangirling over something that is not worth. No, nice. it' like I'm for me. I'm like it's be- like they are consistently. I I still maintain that since I've started banging on about how much I love Go beers, I have not had one that I can go not for me. I don't like that. Like I feel like every single one that I've tried at a beer festival or purchased a bottle of or whatever. I have absolutely loved and been like, this is a hundred percent me. Like there's very few breweries that I can say everything that I have from them is to my taste, not, not like good or bad, like literally just to my personal taste. And I feel like Holy goat strikes that balance for me of interesting. But then, you know, as we were talking to Johnny and like, as, as people will be listening, the the fact that they're like, Oh, within this coming year, we're just going to put out stuff that isn't sort of like, mix like to me I'm like well that's really like for me that's cool. I'm I am completely happy that because I love somebody that can scratch all those itches equally because what I find is it tends to be the weird and wonderful is what gets neglected. And so to me I'm super I'm excited I'm just excited to see what they can do. Um and just yeah the fact that they're just like then we just have a base beer that you drink and you just go this is this yes. is disrespectful to, to put anything <laughs> into like i'm like i could just drink that like that would be yeah. I, I feel like i've been getting heartburn a lot more recently <laughs> in the last like six months and i've never had that before like i could drink sours for days or like uh you Welcome know bretted beers age. for days don't i'm not middle i'm not mid-30s yet give me a no, break girl
0: this is this is how it starts
1: i've got less than i've got i've got, got
0: heartburn starts
1: girl I've just got just under a year left. You're going to be having hangovers soon and then Rick and I will be really happy. Everybody told me when I hit thirties and that didn't happen. So I think this is just a weird coincidence that all of a sudden I get heartburn. But everyone's telling me have ginger beer for that, apparently. So I'll just keep drinking these for days and just have a ginger beer. So it's fine. (laughs) And it's actually worth the heartburn. Not even mad about it. (laughs) And this is the thing. is like for them, flavor's great. It's all the things that I love about beer. Great flavour, interesting flavour, complex. Yeah. Beyond that, amazing artwork, amazing names. So even if I'm a label magpie, still gets my attention. What else could you want? If you've not tried them, try them. Why like, haven't you? What, how are you listening to us and you've never once <laughs> thought to yourself, <laughs> like, maybe I should try should it? Try
0: one of those. Definitely yeah. go do it. If you haven't, go do it. And, like, and if you're not necessarily like you're sitting there and you're like i'm not a sour beer drinker like grab one of these crushers because this bergamot crusher is redonkulous like the aroma all of it the complexity (laughs) herbal citrusy juicy there's a tartness oh it's yeah there's uh, that little bit of bitterness through that's just cleaning
1: it all the stout Mm -hmm. the stout arguably i felt like the stout as well arguably had like almost like a hint of tobacco after a bit as well and that was just like oh the complexities it just tastes like chocolate it tastes like chocolate and there is no
0: chocolate in this beer people this is a beer tasting like beer beer
1: It's just all of it's really good. And yeah, yeah. I did I I kind I could have asked questions for days and I was like <laughs> I just need to pare it down to like only the questions that I 100% need to ask. And even then it was too many questions, but I'm not even mad. Like this no. is this is what comes with when you have zero ego and zero zero sense, zero ego and zero sense of self-worth. You just start going, I don't even care anymore. What are you going to do? Just not talk to me? That's fine. I've got to ask my question though. <laughs> he was very gracious and (laughs) he didn't make me feel like a super fan, the super fan that I am. So I appreciate that. Thank you, Johnny. (laughs)
0: Um, Tori, if people want to ask you how it's going
1: with you basically paying for one of Holy Ghost's sherry barrels, where can
0: they get hold of you? I feel like I
1: should just give them the money for the sherry barrel. (laughs) there you go I don't have that kind of money so (laughs) if anyone thinks that I I have that kind of money I don't (laughs) um because despite what we're talking it's
0: fine exactly exactly
1: and and I feel like uh what I will say is there's not I don't want to say there's not too many brewers that I put in consistent orders from because I feel like that's not that's not true there are certain like local breweries I regularly will go and buy them because they're so accessible when I have to actually order beers I feel like Holy Goat is pro- probably out of every brewery has the most orders from me from as a singular brewery that I have to get orders from and that I can't just buy beers from a local bottle shop or something for like direct to brewery. They probably get the most return orders <laughs> from, from me or somebody else is putting in an order and I'm like, chuck some in for me as well and I'll give you money. Like yeah. that is how it works. And I'm not ashamed of that. So... Um, I will continue to preach the good gospel of the Holy Goat. So if anyone wants to come talk to me, if you've got a moment to talk about our Lord and Saviour Holy Goat, please drop me a message. I'm more than willing to uh, talk all about uh, all about them, what I love about them um, and how they should hopefully have a new sherry barrel soon. You can find me on Instagram at adventures underscore in underscore optimism or you can email me and tell me to just stop being creepy at adventures optimism at gmail.com. Uh, Joe, if people want to talk talk to you about if you've ever homebrewed something weird and wonderful where can people come and talk to you
0: i mean the things that i've homebrewed are not as weird and wonderful as holy goats but you know you can come talk to me about putting donuts in beer because i did that once and it was not a fun cleanup um come talk to me Um uh, I... we convinced you to do that <laughs> you did you convinced me to do that and i did it and i Persuasive. I mean, I'd say I wouldn't do it again, but
1: the beard takes my phone so I probably <laughs> You're you You'll just learn from your yeah, past mistakes. I'm
0: just aware of how much cleanup it is now, and I just have to like hire it out for that get someone else in <laughs> yeah, yeah i'd need to get an assistant to do that thing
1: um
0: it so won't be Roger me because
1: he won't do it it won't be, it won't Tory, be me. so mate, <laughs> can you convince rick to be my no assistant, won't be no? him no he doesn't even like like he wouldn't okay it so wouldn't be you worthwhile for be, <laughs> me,
0: if you want to come and contact me and be my assistant to clean up the donut mess you can get hold of me at my beer school which is love beer learning and uh, i'm on facebook instagram x tiktok and pinterest but realistically i'm only going to respond to you on instagram um maybe maybe facebook like so definitely not x uh so come find me there or come to my website lovebelearning.co.uk i've been putting out some blog posts there's some new stuff coming on there so go and have a look uh, or you can email me lovebelearning at gmail.com please send me your resume to be my assistant to clean up my donut mess Thank you. <laughs>
1: And if you want to talk to both of us about how this interview <laughs> went, uh, it's been a day. It's been one. I'm not even feeling sociable. Like, And this is, I was just like, I'm, this is, <laughs> it is happening. This is exciting. If you want to talk to both of us about anyone else you want to see come on the podcast yeah, or you want, you to, want to keep track of all the fun stuff that we're going to be doing, uh, you can find us on Instagram at a woman's brew, or you can email us at a woman's brew podcast at gmail.com. We're also on Facebook as a woman's brew. We're on X, but like realistically, no, I I no forget to check it. it so don't don't speak to us there and joe's the other one that has access because i don't yeah. tweet or x or whatever or whatever it is now <laughs> <laughs> but yeah i if you want to talk to us i'm more likely to get you on instagram or the, yeah. or the email um yeah. but yeah well on that note joe let's go finish the rest of these days. Cheers. cheers